Pittsburgh Steelers. What's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Folks, let me tell you a little bit about the Fans First Sports Network before we get started with today's show. The Fans First Sports Network is for the fan by the fan. And that's something that is not normal in today's sports landscape. A lot of people, they they have to toe that line. They can't say that they are a fan of a team. They can't say whether they're rooting for a team to win. Well, not here. We are the fans for Sports Network, which means that we are for fans because we are fans. And so when you hear me talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, you should know that I am a fan just like you listening to this podcast. And we cover a number of teams. So let's say we obviously know that if you're listening to this show that you're a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But let's say you're a fan of the New York Yankees as well. We have a podcast for you as well. It's going to be all there for you. we got the website coming out. We're going to launch that soon. It's going to be really awesome. We're going to dive into some editorial stuff down the road. I'm excited for the Fans First Sports Network, and I'm also excited for today's show. Today, Monday morning conversation, again, thinking outside the box, I decided to bring on Rob Stats Guerrera. He's a guy that you might have heard of. He's done work with Mike and Mike in the morning. He's also uh, worked with Mike Florio and uh, Chris Sims on NBC Sports, and he covers the San Francisco 49ers for the Fans First Sports Network. And I want to talk to him about all things 49ers, but mainly I wanted to get his take. The 49ers side of things, when the rumors broke that Ben Roethlisberger was called by San Francisco and said, hey, do you think about coming out of retirement? I want to get his take on that. I want to get his take on the 2022 NFL quarterback class because, remember, Brock Purdy was in that class. Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the seventh round. I'm going to talk about that, all that. It's going to be a great conversation all right here, the Steel Curtain Network. Let's ride Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Today's a Monday show, which means you have the Monday morning conversation coming right up. That's right. Stats is with me after this break. Stay tuned. Be right back. All right, Steeler fans, it is Monday. It is the Let's Ride podcast. It's time for another Monday morning conversation. I have a very esteemed guest on today, Rob Stats Guerrera of the Fans First Sports Network. Rob, what's going on? Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. No problem. I'm glad that you're here. I'd, I'd love to give you the opportunity to tell people kind of what you do for Fans First Sports Network and a little bit of your background. Sure. So I run the Niners arm of Fan First Sports Network, the gold standard podcast network. Uh, we have long form shows, short form shows, basically covering all things 49ers. I've been a diehard 49er fan since birth, pretty much. And uh, so now getting a chance to cover the team and, and doing it for fans first is a is a real exciting uh, adventure that we're on. And yeah, uh, yeah my backstory basically um, started at ESPN. I'm Mike and Mike. Eventually went over to NBC, produced uh, Florio and Chris Sims with Pro Football Talk for about seven years. Jumped over to SB Nation, was running uh, Niners Nation 
And then uh, when they downsized, I wound up with fans first. So that's why that's how I'm here. Yeah. So did you grow up in California or did you just, I don't know, like, how did you become a 49ers fan? So I am born and raised in Connecticut, still live in Connecticut. I actually live probably about 20 minutes away from the ESPN campus. But I hated the idea of having to choose between the Jets, Giants, and Patriots. I'm a baby of the 80s. So, I mean, it was a good time for the Giants. But the Patriots, you know, they weren't the powerhouse that they would eventually become. And I didn't just didn't want to have to choose between three teams when there was a whole league of teams. So I just looked around the league who happened to be pretty good in the 80s. The 49ers were pretty good in the 80s yeah. and actually really basically the 90s, because by the time I was old enough to pick a team, it was the 90s. So, uh, yeah, well, you know, once you pick your team, that's it. There's no there's no changing. So, right. Good, bad or ugly. This, you know, it's ride or die. The funny thing is, though, is, you know, you talk to people and they always talk about how long they've been a fan. Everything can be traced back to a Fairweather fan. You know, <laughs> you you were a product of the success of the 80s for the 49ers and the Joe Montana era. I talk about growing up as a Steeler fan. Why? Because my dad witnessed the 70s dynasty. No one followed the No one liked the Steelers before those teams. They were awful. They were horrible. But because they won four Super Bowls in six years, then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, I love the team. I'm a big fan. So it always, <laughs> in my opinion, can be traced back to some Fairweather fans. So you have kids. Are they going to be they're they going to grow up 49ers fans they already have the gear and stuff. Yeah, my son, Thomas, is eight years old and he is he took the NFC championship game hard when Brock <laughs> Purdy went down and then Josh Johnson went down. He was he's still not over it. Um, so he is already. Definitely. He bleeds scarlet and gold. My daughter just turned three, so she's not quite into it yet. She does like watching football since I always had it on on Sundays, but she's she's not at the point where it means much to her. But when the time comes, I'm sure that she will be jumping on board. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's awesome. I love hearing that. And people always say to me, Jeff, you're brainwashing your kids. I said, yes, I am. Yes, I don't want them being Ravens fans. So, yes, I am brainwashing my kids. I live in Maryland. There's no way I'm risking that. So, yeah, mm, that would be tough. <laughs> it would be really tough. All right, let's get to some actual football talk. You know, everyone, there is a connection here. I've had a lot of people on last week. I had, you know, Brandon Lee Gowton from, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles coverage, he was on talking about the crazy connections between the Steelers and the Eagles. I've had Chicago Bears, and there's a lot of parallels there. Not a lot of parallels with the 49ers and the Steelers, except for a few weeks ago, Big Ben Roethlisberger goes on Mark Madden, his show in Pittsburgh, and says, oh, yeah, last year the uh, the 49ers called me up and thought about it, prayed about it, and said, I'm, I'm good in retirement. I don't think I could wear another jersey other than a black and gold jersey. Now, I have learned, correct me if I'm wrong, did – the 49ers also reach out to Philip Rivers. Is that true or not? The report was actually that Philip Rivers reached out to them. <laughs> that and they were right. like, mm, no, <laughs> thanks. Um, but the Big Ben thing is interesting because I don't know if you remember this, but he was traded to the 49ers in 2009, right after he had all those accusations against yes. him. The Steelers were going to trade him to the Niners and the deal was done. And they went to Mike Singletary, who was the coach of the 49ers at the time, and he vetoed the trade. He basically said, no, he was trying to, you know, pump up Alex Smith and he was, wanted to stick with Alex Smith. And he he didn't like basically the accusations on Ben. And he said, you know, we want to have a team of character. So that's why he vetoed the trade. But it, he very easily could have been a San Francisco 49er in 2009, which would have changed a hell of a lot of NFL history. Yes. Um, and then this past year. You know, look, apparently they were interested in bringing him back. The one thing I couldn't nail down with that story, 
did they reach out to him when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt or did they reach out to him when Trey Lance got hurt? Like, I don't know the timeline of when. The way I gathered it, and this was never really brought up in the actual interview, was that it was after Garoppolo went down. Because so when it was Brock, yeah. Yeah, which, that which makes, makes sense. sense. It makes total sense because you have an unproven seventh-round quarterback, and you know Jimmy G had done a decent job for the 49ers. He, he obviously was winning football games, but he goes down. They're looking for a proven commodity. My question for you is, have, has there been anything? I mean, the 49er fan base might be like, ah, it's crazy. But it was there any type of reaction from the fans when they heard that, wow, like what would it what would it have been like if Ben Roethlisberger came out of retirement and was the quarterback for the Niners last season? It didn't really make as many waves as I thought it would. Um, but I think part of it was because people didn't specifically know the timing. Yeah. But what stood out to me is let's say for the sake of argument, because I think it makes the most sense that they called him after Jimmy went down. It just proves to me that the 49ers lucked into Brock Purdy. They continued to not know what they had. They saw him in practice every day. They didn't know what they had. Jimmy Garoppolo went down. They reached out to Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, if they had their way, Brock Purdy never would have seen the field last year. Yeah. And, and so think about that. That's crazy. It, it's crazy to me because I have so many people in my mentions because I'm a Trey Lance. I want them to see what Trey Lance is. And they keep saying, well, they know what they have. They see these guys in practice every day. No, they don't. Because if they did, they wouldn't have brought Jimmy Garoppolo back, you know, before the season started. And it just, it wouldn't have worked out the same way if they knew Brock Purdy was going to be that good. And to me, you know, you talk about coaches. Now, I know every team runs things differently, but Kenny Pickett, you, you, if you th think about last season for the Steelers, he comes in week four at halftime and he comes in and he's, thrust into the lineup after Mitch Trubisky gets benched at halftime against the New York Jets. And he openly talked for weeks afterwards about how he had no rapport with the offense because when you're a backup quarterback, you're not seeing reps in practice. So, you know, fans love to say, well, they're seeing him every day. No, they're not. He's running scout team reps. He's not out there executing the offensive game plan. So I definitely see what you're talking about there. But yeah, talk about lucking out. And that's kind of a good segue into the next topic. I did an article uh, for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com this past weekend. And I don't know why, because of Kenny Pickett, obviously. I dove into the, the class of 2022 quarterbacks. And it was amazing to me when I didn't realize how much these guys actually played. I mean, when you think about... You know, Kenny Pickett had a significant role with the Steelers. People forget that the second quarterback selected in the third round was Desmond Ritter, then Malik Willis, and then you get into the fifth round with Sam Howe. You have Chris Oladokun, who gets drafted by the Steelers in the seventh round, and that was before Skylar Thompson and then Brock Purdy as the final draft pick mystery relevant. Just incredible how much they played. Now, Purdy at the moment... I, I know that he's hurt and the timeline. I think the last I saw was it's going to be like three months before he can start throwing again. You brought up Trey Lance. I am absolutely enamored with certain story storylines throughout the national football league. And this is one of them. This is one of them outside of the Lamar Jackson trade stuff. I am so intrigued by this quarterback situation because the, the 49ers made a very aggressive play to get Trey Lance high draft pick. What are your thoughts on what this dynamic is? And I won't even bring in Sam Darnold because I know you don't even want to talk about that anyways. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan's the only one that wants to talk about Sam Darnold. <laughs> they, there's no other way to look at it. They botched this Trey Lance, this whole handling of him from the second he was picked. They never, 
It's so frustrating. (laughs) So here's what I think happened. I think after the 2020 season, they were like, Jimmy's hurt way too much. We just can't play this game anymore. We got to get a better quarterback. They wanted Matt Stafford. They went hard after Matt Stafford. They lost to the Rams and credit to the Rams for getting the deal done. After that, they were like, "Uh oh, what do we do now? So then they trade up to number three in the draft, but they never specifically traded up for Trey Lance. They traded up to the spot of number three because they were worried that they were going to miss out on the quarterbacks. So they traded up to a spot in number three and then decided after the trade who they wanted. And ultimately it ended up being Trey Lance. So they were never like all in invested on him and they've never cleared the deck for him. They started Jimmy Garoppolo in 2021. And then the second they were going to let Trey Lance run the show, they reworked Jimmy Garoppolo's deal less than two weeks before the start of the regular season to hedge their bets in case they didn't like, you know, how Trey was playing at the time. And now with Brock Purdy's emergence, the deck is not cleared for Trey either because all indications are that once Brock is healthy, he's the guy. What was the actual injury for Trey Lance last season? Uh, it was a broken and dislocated ankle. So, so he's yeah. fully he's fully healed, right? He'll be ready to go for 2023. He'll be, yeah, he'll be full go for OTAs and uh, he should be up and running. He's already doing dropbacks and throws and yeah, so he should be all go. For, but for how long, we don't know. Now, let me ask you this in your own personal opinion. Which quarterback do you think best fits the, the 49ers offense? Well, when you say the 49ers offense, you really mean Kyle Shanahan because he is the yes. 49ers offense. And the <laughs> problem with Shanahan now, and we're going into year, what is it, seven? I've, I finally figured it out. He only wants good enough at quarterback. He wants a quarterback to throw the ball where I tell you to throw it, when I tell you to throw it. And we'll be fine. He thinks his system is good enough. So he doesn't ever look for a superstar quarterback. It's why, and he's openly admitted this, they didn't scout Patrick Mahomes in 2017 because they were convinced that they were going to sign Kirk Cousins in free agency because Kirk Cousins is good enough. Then in 2017, Jimmy Garoppolo falls into their lap. They make the trade. He comes in. He wins his first five games. Doesn't play like amazing, but they won the games. And Kyle Shanahan said, hey, we'll stick with Jimmy. He's good enough then in 2019 they get to the super bowl and tom brady after the season says hey i want to play for you and kyle shanahan says no thanks tom we have jimmy garoppolo he's good enough (laughs) and so finally they decided in 2020 when he wasn't good enough that they tried to replace him with trey lance and yet they didn't think trey lance was ready in 2021 and then in 2022 they immediately brought jimmy because they didn't think trey lance was going to meet whatever minimum level of production that they expect out of that position, but they never want the superstar guy. And I think that's really the only flaw with Shanahan in that regime because everything else, the way they built a team is fantastic. And they, they have a, they have a tremendous roster. I love their defense. They got better with Javon Hargrave uh, in free agency. But you, the thing is, is if you think about it and yes, Brock Purdy might be the leader in the clubhouse, so to speak, but Man, that elbow injury's got to scare the hell out of you all in terms of is he going to be ready to go? Of Steeler fans witnessed not the same injury, but similar after the 2019 season. And Roethlisberger openly admitted that he was unbelievably hesitant at first to throw the football. I mean, to really drive the ball. And that was when in 2020, the Steelers rattled off 11 games in a row. But then they figured it out. 
He's only going to throw the ball five yards. He's going to get it out of his hand in like less than less than a second. Just force him to throw it deep. They couldn't do it, and they fizzled down the stretch. How does that elbow injury complicate things in terms of the way the San Francisco 49ers are going to approach the quarterback battle? It is clouding everything right now. I fully believe it's why Trey Lance even has a shot to start for the 49ers, to be on the team, really. Honestly, if Brock was healthy, I think they would have moved Trey Lance by now. I still think there's a very good chance he gets traded during the draft. Um, there's so much it's insane to me. Yes, I'm sorry. It's absolutely <laughs> it's absolutely insane. It is, and I'm glad to hear somebody else say it because I feel like I'm taking crazy pills over here. But this is the situation we're in. It's so much unknown with Brock. So he's gonna start throwing in about three months. Uh, and then they won't even know then what his recovery timeline is because he may start throwing and it may go pretty good, and maybe he'll be able to come back at the end of training camp and be ready around week one. Or if he doesn't really have uh, a range of motion there and flexibility in that elbow, and it takes a little longer for that to come back, Kyle Shanahan said at the league meetings that he could miss the first four weeks of the season. So they really have no idea what the timeline is for Brock Purdy, which is why Trey Lance might have a shot, and it's why they ran out and signed Sam Darnold. That's a very cheap insurance policy, just like Mitch Trubisky, which I talked to you on Twitter about that, (laughs) just like Mitch Trubisky last season for the Steelers. You know, but you you talked about that. This is all very interesting because to me, it all kind of flows. And I said that there's two storylines that I'm absolutely infatuated with right now. The 49ers is second only to where Lamar Jackson is going to end up. Will he be back in Baltimore? And for some reason, the 49ers keep getting brought up. Now, I don't know if that's even feasible. You talked about them maybe trading Trey Lance. They have made bold and aggressive moves before. But you just said a few seconds ago, they don't like that superstar quarterback, and I think Lamar is that guy. Does that even make sense, or is that just nothing but the, the national media landscape just trying to run a narrative? I've been on that train. I've been on that train a thousand percent. If Trey Lance develops, what are the odds that he becomes as good of a player as Lamar Jackson? It's pretty slim. Like Lamar is incredible. I mean, you know, I don't have to tell you, you're a Steeler fan. (laughs) Why, why hope that Brock Purdy comes back and maybe is good? Why hope that Trey Lance develops? I'm tired. And you know, I feel like it's a lot like the Steelers used to be when I was growing up with Bill Cowher, great teams, but it was always, Tommy Maddox starting at quarterback, Cordell Stewart starting at quarterback, Neil O'Donnell. It wasn't Big Ben. They never had that Hall of Fame type guy. That's what I want for my team. I want that kind of quarterback. Stop messing around with good enough and go get great. So I have said, and I've been on record saying this, I would trade anybody to get Lamar Jackson. I would trade Fred Warner. I would trade George Kittle. I would trade both of them. I would trade Nick Bosa. I want an elite quarterback. I have seen my team kick ass in the regular season and in the playoffs and get to a Super Bowl in 2019 and lose because the other quarterback went God mode. I am tired of that. And that's what it's setting up for again this year. Maybe Brock comes back and maybe he's good or maybe Trey's good down the stretch. But when the rubber hits the road and it's third and eight and you got to throw and there's no play action, I want a guy that can drop back and make a play, even if Kyle Shanahan doesn't pick the perfect play and get a guy wide open. And I don't know if they have that right now. It's a tough spot to be in. Um, as you enter the NFL draft, what are some of the team needs for the 49ers? Like I said, they have a great roster. I mean, I really do love their roster from top to bottom, except there's that giant question mark quarterback. What, are, what do you think the, the 49ers should be targeting positionally heading into the draft? 
They have a couple of different needs. Right tackle is definitely a need now that Mike McGlinchey is gone for the Denver Broncos. They have Colton McKivitz is going to start for them there, but he's he's just a guy. So they really could use some reinforcements in that area. And then I would say defensive back, absolutely they need to improve there. And they're still kind of searching for an Ed's rusher opposite Nick Bosa. Now they've tried with D Ford, and when he was healthy, he was great. You hope that Drake Jackson, their second-round pick last year, can make a jump. He actually wasn't he had a fine rookie year but it's he's certainly not a uh a, a known quantity there so i think they would look for some edge rusher and then weirdly enough kicker is actually a need for them robbie gold is not going to be back they traded for zane gonzalez but even john lynch was like yeah that might not be the answer that we're looking for so i would say right tackle defensive back kicker and maybe edge rusher but those guys are hard to get when you don't pick until number 99 so I just pulled up on uh, DraftKings just because it was the first book that I opened up. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the odds for 2023. 49ers have pretty good odds at the Super Bowl plus 700. Uh, they definitely like them. Uh, like them in the conference as well. Uh, you, you, they are the favorite in the conference side with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I'm looking at the futures for the regular season wins. Uh, what is that? And a half. What is it? It's 11 and a half. Holy highest God. in the NFC. Second Jeez. highest in the NFL. And Vegas doesn't know who the quarterback's going to be, which That's tells insane. me they Vegas doesn't think it matters, whether it's Brock or Trey Lance or whoever. They don't think it matters, which on the one hand is like reassuring. But on the other hand, it's like, who is this good enough quarterback that has won a Super Bowl lately? Like, I, that's what I would love to grab Kyle Shanahan and just shake him and say, like, this idea that you have, show me when it's worked. Yeah, they're drinking the Shanahan Kool-Aid already. What are your expectations for this team coming up this year? It's hard to say net right now. I know it's April, but what what are your what are your thoughts on the 2023 49ers? Well, fortunately, I think the NFC is as weak as it's been in some time. I mean, if you run down just a list of quarter best quarterbacks in the AFC and then do the same thing for the NFC, the third or fourth best quarterback in the AFC is a banged up Matt Stafford or Kirk Cousins. Like that's how down the conference is. So that works in the Niners' favor. So even if it's Brock or Trey, Sam Darnold, maybe not, because Sam Darnold is, is the worst quarterback you've ever seen and has been <laughs> since he's come into the league. But if it's Trey or Brock, like this team's going to be in the mix. They're going to win 10 games, 9, 10 games, easy, even if, if things don't necessarily go their way. And that's going to be good enough in the NFC to get into the playoffs. And once the 49ers get into the playoffs, you can bang on Kyle Shanahan if you want. But the dude can put together some game plans in the playoffs. And I, I think that you give the Niners in the playoffs and I'll say they they're as good a shot to win the Super Bowl as anybody. You brought it up and Brandon Lee Gowton did last week talking about the Eagles and the expectations. He said almost the same exact thing. He said, just look at the quarterbacks in the NFC. He said, you might have the two best in the NFC East in Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. He said, That's outside fair. of that, who are we talking about? He said, Tom Brady's retired unless he comes back, in which case, who knows? Uh, Kirk Cousins, like you said, maybe Matthew Stafford, who's the quarterback in San Francisco. It's been a while since I've felt like the NFC has been this down. Uh, and just, hey, it's it's good for you all. It's up for the taking. It might make the path to a, a late divisional conference run a lot simpler than it is, say, in the AFC when you look at the powerhouses of you know, the, the Joe Burrows and, and the Patrick Mahomes and the, the Josh Allens, which is, and that's not even mentioning Lamar Jackson, wherever he ends up, but yeah, it's incredible. And so uh, it, it is crazy to see 
And I just think that this storyline is tremendous. I don't know. Maybe you guys can talk Ben Roethlisberger into coming out of retirement for uh, 2023. <laughs> I would certainly prefer him a hell of a lot more than Sam Darnold. I mean, like, I don't get it. Sam Darnold stinks, and he has always stunk since he's come into the league in 2018. He is last in quarterback rating at 78.2. Last in completion percentage at 59.7. Last in yards per attempt. He's third worst in interception percentage behind only Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's 31st in touchdown percentage behind only Daniel Jones. I mean, what are we talking about? Why is Kyle Shanahan willing to over, overlook 50-plus games of crap from Sam Darnold, yet Trey Lance has started four games in his career, finished three of those games, and one was in a monsoon against the Bears, yet somehow the Niners have decided this isn't the guy. And that will never, ever, ever make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, you can say it's an insurance policy. The Steeler fans will bemoan the contract for Mitch Trubisky costing about $10 million in cap space. And he's only going to play if Kenny Pickett gets hurt. And so you're thinking, what the hell are they doing? Like, cut, cut ties, find someone else. You get a Jacoby Brissett for a hell of a lot cheaper than that. And so, yeah, you have to ask yourself what's going on. But it, it's going to be interesting. But if you're a betting man, you bet in the over or under on that uh, win total. I need to know. It goes back to Lamar. And I just did this uh, for the Gold Standard Podcast Network. If Lamar is on the Ravens, then I think I... I think I leave it alone. I don't think I would take the over because that's a much tougher game. But if Lamar is off the Ravens because the Niners have to play Baltimore this year, then I think I take the over, believe it or not. So it all kind of hinges on that one game, which is weird to say, but it's that it, that's such a good number by Vegas. This just in, yes. they know what they're doing. <laughs> and the NFC West is just, it seems like a crapshoot. Like no one really knows what Seattle's got right now. You know, they pay Geno Smith. They've got some draft picks, but are they going to hit on those? You got Matthew Stafford coming back. Is Cooper Cup going to be healthy? The Rams defense was definitely not what you're used to. Arizona, that seems like a dumpster fire right now. I'm not sure if that'll right the ship anytime soon. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think that the Niners, even with their quarterback issues, should be and will be favored in the NFC West and should win it unless they completely uh, collapse, which I don't think that'll happen. So, all right, Rob, I thank you for your time. Why don't you tell everyone how they can find your material and find you on social media in case they want some of your juicy takes? Sure. I am uh, every social media you can imagine. You can find me at Stats on Fire, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, uh, YouTube. You can find uh, everything we're doing at the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Just search Gold Standard Network on YouTube. It comes right up. And if you want the pods again, Gold Standard, uh, it's available everywhere podcasts are found. And I mentioned this before. I've had other people on that are going to be delivering some podcasts, more NFL based on our FFSN NFL feed. Stats will be one of those voices, so make sure you check that out. You can follow us there on Twitter at FFSN underscore NFL. We'll have all that for you right there. Stats, as always, thank you very much. We'll talk again soon. Sounds good, Jeff. Thanks for having me. No problem. Take it easy. I want a big thank you to Stats for being on the show to talk about the 49ers. Hey, he's a passionate guy. He he takes this stuff serious. When he, he was making vomiting sounds, talking about Sam Darnold, I get it. I get it. Uh, you know, I mean, there were times where I was making those sounds with Mitch Trubisky, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I but still a big thank you to Stats. Make sure you check out his work, and you're going to be hearing his voice more on the NFL feed, which should be kicking off coming up very, very soon. I'm going to be diving into that, talking about that, sharing that. Really, really excited for that side of things. We are working on that as we speak here at FFSN. I got to remind all my ride or die crew to be on the lookout 
for the mailbag tweet on Tuesday. It's when we always do it. Tuesday morning, I'll put it out there. All I do is say, hey, asking for questions, you all deliver. I will absolutely answer those live on the Wednesday show. You can follow me or find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. In the meantime, hope you enjoyed this show because I really did enjoy recording it. So in the meantime, you know how we finish out all of our shows. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great start to your week, everyone, and we will see you on Wednesday. Those two of us.